Hi, I'm Megan, and welcome to Word Crash, the game show where questionable plots compete for your vote to win a place in the Word Crash Hall of Infamy. First off, let's meet our contestants. Hot on the heels of their new book, So Much Fire, So Many Plans, author of The Bleecker Street Bodies and friend of the podcast, please welcome Aaron Gallagher. Hi, Megan. Thanks for having me. Next, we have author of the dark urban fantasy book, Beneath the Veil. Please welcome Martin Kearns. Hi, Megan. Great to be here. Well, nothing left to do, but get to it. Let's play Word Crash. Today, we're going to start with a game we'd like to call Drop It. Drop a single letter from the title of a book or movie. Tell us what the new plot is. Aaron, you won the coin toss. You go first. I'm a big fan of Asian films. So I was thinking that if you drop an R, we could make Couching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, about a agoraphobic dragon that is letting his tiger friend crash at his place for the foreseeable future. For those of you who don't know, agoraphobic are people who don't like wide open spaces, so they tend not to go outside. How does this start off? Why is somebody crashing on his couch? I think the tiger is either recently out of a bad relationship or has lost its job, and is in dire straits. And of course, despite the fact that the dragon doesn't go out very much, he's always willing to lend a hand claw to any friends in need. Hence the couch surfing tiger. Uh, so what's his ex like? Is she needy? Is she demanding? Did she just fall in love with some lion down the way? I think it's entirely possible that it was mostly his fault. Okay. Okay. You can only be a jealous tiger for so long before you get shown the door. Wondering if the tiger could sell his stripes. Maybe help make rent. The dragon doesn't want to go outside. Does the tiger want to go outside? Is like, is the tiger the party guy? I picture the tiger as more like the dude. I, I feel like he hangs around a lot, lays about, stretches out on the floor to get comfortable and sort of ties the room together. He himself ties the room together. That's great. What does the dragon do with all his time? I feel like the dragon would spend a lot of time calling out of his door, trying to get the tiger to either pick up his trash or go get the pizzas. I feel like there's five or six formerly delivered pizzas sitting outside the apartment. And the dragon won't leave because he doesn't want to go outside and the tiger couldn't be bothered. So they're just piling up. The tiger have a um, unhealthy white Russian addiction. <laughs> what would be the white Russian equivalent for a tiger? Is it going to be a, a white llama? That's a pretty good one. Whisker and soda. <laughs> Whisker and soda. We've got this dragon. He's got to be doing something in his room. Well, he's a Bitcoin miner. He's oh, <laughs> there we go. Oh, here it is. Because he's got to hoard his gold, right? But this is new gold. Yep. This is new gold. This is bitcoins. He's got his his fleet of machines that constantly need tending. All the extension cords running to the neighbors' houses. He's leeching their power. (laughs) I think we should actually go back and revisit the illicit tiger stripe black market for a minute. (laughs) A lot of zippers out there that want those tiger stripes. Do you sell the black stripes or the orange stripes? As I recall, the black stripes are the actual stripes and the orange is the rest of the tiger. But I could be wrong about that. Maybe he sells one of each. So there's just this big pale slice down the middle of him. What really should be the tiger's job? Is he a musician? I think if he is a musician, it's something 
unusual like the bongos? Absolutely. I think everyone's going to believe that there's a drummer sleeping on somebody's couch. In fact, if you buy a secondhand couch in most cities, they come with a free drummer. (laughs) And there goes half our viewership. (laughs) So I'm getting a very odd couple vibe here. Oh, very. I'm going to throw this to you, Martin. What thing is the tiger going to make the dragon do that he hates? Go out and get the mail. (laughs) Doesn't seem that bad, but this is a hidden dragon. I feel like a neighbor would show up to talk to the dragon, and the tiger would, knowing the dragon is terrified, can hear the dragon literally shaking. Scales, I imagine, make a lot of racket when they shake. Goes out and eats the neighbor. Wait, wait. are the neighbors human? Not necessarily. So, like, intelligent muskrats or something? Like, you gotta give me some information here. <laughs> we could do giraffes, because... The tiger would like to go and take out the giraffes who've been poking their heads over the fence for the last three months. Nosy giraffe neighbors. Although the idea of a dragon being threatened by a muskrat is hysterical. I want to kind of go back into the muskrat idea. Maybe the muskrat is the person delivering the pizzas. That's why why the dragon won't go out. They're terrified of the the muskrat pizza delivery guy. There has to be conflict. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The dragon is hoarding Bitcoin. That's going to prompt a visit from the SEC. (laughs) This is not going in any direction that I expected. (laughs) Me neither. The SEC. Who's the representative of the SEC who comes and bangs on his door? Hyenas. (laughs) That's it. We've lost the other half of our audience. I was going to say, there it is. Hyenas for the SEC. Well, how does he get out of it? Come on, he can't leave us hanging. Well... The dragon is terrified because the SEC wants to know where he's putting all of his ill-gotten bitcoins. And the tiger, well, if the dragon goes to jail, the tiger might have to pay rent. So the tiger is going to be the hero in this particular instance. So first there's going to be that hysterical scene where, you know, window, dragon, tiger's pushing. Yeah, so there's going to be that uncomfortable bit of physical comedy. And then, of course, you're going to have the dragon outside and the tiger helping him being a good friend. I'm picturing a car chase with jackals, and I'm all in at this point. Yeah. What kind of car does the jackals drive? Oh, what are those things? Aztecs. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that was a really yes, good choice. I thought that's... you were going to go El Camino, but Aztec is a pretty great choice. A Japanese dragon, it's not going to be able to fly. Because I don't believe they have wings. Those are fantasy dragons. Okay. So you've got a a 20-foot-long snake dragon galumphing down the road with the tiger precariously clinging to its back scales, being chased by two hyenas and an Aztec. Where do you go from there? I'm going to challenge Martin right now and be like, how do they get out of this one? Well, the dragon, now that he's been pinned to the ground, is going to choose to slither into a sewer drain to get away from that Aztec with its jackal drivers. And the tiger is going to have to be along for the ride. We all know how much uh, tigers, well, cats, love water. So, Even so, if you did love water, you probably wouldn't love the storm drain. Probably not. Just saying, you know. True. There are going to be a lot of cats down there, though. And killer clowns. Can't forget the killer clowns. Of course. Well, someone's got to give them directions. (laughs) The thing is, 
the tiger's not going to be happy down there, but the dragon is going to feel perfectly comfortable being in an enclosed space. So that's the situation is going to be reversed. First, the tiger helped the dragon out of the house. Now the dragon's going to help the tiger cope with the storm drain. And there's that and growth, the Megan. There's that growth. Changed and become better and more than they were. Well, it sounds like the dragon's life is totally ruined right now. Like, how do we get back to some semblance of normal? They find the hackers that have been piggybacking the dragon's IP and realize that the dragon's Bitcoin hoard isn't the problem. It's the nefarious hackers who have been using his hoard to finance animal terrorism. Like eating your neighbors. That <laughs> sounds neighbors. exactly like animal terror. Well, okay, fine. We're going to say that there are some hackers. Martin, what kind of animals are these hackers? You know what? Let's go with sloths, just for the fun of it. That would be oh. hysterical. They're very long claws, click-clacking on the mechanical keyboards in the sewers, somehow hacking at insane <laughs> speeds. <laughs> yes, they, they, the only thing they can do quickly is type. So they'll type super fast, blah, 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 and then they'll just be like... Hey, you're not supposed to be here. But with that pleasant look on their face. Like yeah. Ironically looking welcoming. Yeah. <laughs> so to finish up, they defeat the hacker sloths. It turns out that the hyenas were not from the SEC, like the paranoid dragon had thought. And instead, they were just from the power company who was coming to, to make sure that everything was okay and that there wasn't any problem because they were using a lot of power. What's the moral of the story for the dragon? What does he get out of it in the end? How about the Bitcoin was devalued by an illicit tweet from Elon Musk? Elon Muskrat. Elon Muskrat. Here we go. Now it's coming full circle. And he has a flash drive that is now nearly worthless that he's sitting on as his hoard of gold would be sat upon. And the moral of the story is that he shouldn't miser wealth. Mm. No. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. Let's let's do that. And the tiger. When your friend asks you to get the pizza, just go get the pizza. <laughs> I'm sure the children's book version of this will sell millions. The cover with this giant, huge, like forty foot Asian snake dragon curled around a little drive. <laughs> That's it. No horde. Just a little key laying there. Clutched in one claw, maybe. Couching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, coming to a theater near you, October 2025. And then it cuts to like a five-second scene of him trying to figure out how to insert the USB flash drive and flipping it over again. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Bay film. Thunk, thunk, thunk. <laughs> Martin, what do you have for us today? All right. Well... I spent the whole day ruminating on doing prime and punishment until I realized I was substituting a letter and that was breaking the rules. But I did have this idea of Jeff Bezos cracking down somebody for getting one day shipping instead of two day shipping and not actually paying for it. So I ended up scrapping it, but I thought I'd let you guys know prime and punishment could have been on the table. <laughs> so have you heard of Gary Indiana's 2003 novel, Do Everything in the Dark? No, I have not. No. It was popular back then. 
follows a bunch of people in the underground New York art scene. There's some, you know, illicit romances, some lack of precautions being taken, diseases are swapped, things of that nature. Okay. So we thought maybe we could do do everything in the arc. <laughs> All right. Another cruise ship <laughs> horror story. <laughs> The new plot is split into 74 sections, all following different animals who've been playing it fast and loose in the cruising night scene. Think Animal Farm meets Rent. <laughs> Animal Farm meets Rent! <laughs> and there's the theme that ties the games together. Yep, they did. The, the anthropomorphic uh, duo on these two ideas. One of the things about Rent is you had a lot of different perspectives. Let's talk about whose perspective we're going to follow first. Tasmanian Devil. Ooh, all right. And a Wolverine that keeps getting mistaken for a Tasmanian Devil. Oh, you mean a Honey Badger. Ooh, how about a trio? It's true. Well, well, I'm sorry, Wolverine is a Honey Badger. <laughs> oh, it's true. <laughs> That's the loophole. There's four animals on the arc because they're like, no, we're Wolverines. The other two are like, no, no, we're Honey Badgers. <laughs> messed with the whole checklist. And now they're living rent-free on the Ark because no one knows how to quantify them. They hang out with the platypus? Nobody wants to hang out with the platypus because the platypus doesn't fit in any of the groups. A bit shunned, a bit long in the tooth. The platypus does not get invited out. I feel like the platypus is going to end up being the Ringo star of this group, though. Oh, poor Ringo. <laughs> poor Ringo. <laughs> Sorry, Ringo. You're more talented than I'll ever be, buddy. <laughs> what are they doing on the Ark? Well, well, they were they were brought on because you know it started raining. People started to get a little nervous, right? Maybe the logistical nightmare the platypus presents is it a mammal? Is it a reptile? Like which portion of the ark should that live in? Maybe that's why the platypus is sort of a nomad and won't stop pursuing being involved in this group. Hey, I'm a mammal too. No, you're not. Yeah, I'm a mammal. I swear I'm a mammal. I'm we're blooded. I lay eggs. And have nipples. Explain that. <laughs> we had, what was the question before I vectored back to the platypus, Megan? Uh, what, what are they going to do on the arc? I guess the upper levels closer to the sunlight are probably pretty well frequented by some humans who are keeping the animals in line. But maybe down on the lower decks, they've got themselves a little bit of a nightclub set up on one side. Since, um... Do everything in the dark does involve the art scene. Maybe there's some sort of risque artwork being scratched into the sides of the arc down there. So, all right. So now we got to decide which animal are they sexualizing. This is a slippery slope. Pythons. Pythons. <laughs> that the the illicit animal is the python. Everyone's into the python. That's considered edgy. Well, you get a large enough python, and they can hug everybody at the same time. That's true. <laughs> and just think about the way they move, too. I mean, they've got a little bit of a rhythm there. Like Axl Rose. <laughs> <laughs> who wants to go and who doesn't want to go to the seedy underbelly? Well, it's it's a biological fact that storks are prudes, so they're probably going to get drug in there. Okay. And then you have the platypus that won't stop hounding them to come. Stork that doesn't want to come, mm -hmm. <laughs> and the three, the three maybe four, but three, honey badger, wolverine, Tasmanian devil, 
trio doing the dragging. And all to go down and see this very sexy python. <laughs> Does anyone know if the Ark had sails? Because if there was a mast, I could see a weird pole dance with the python. <laughs> <laughs> python pole dancing on the Ark. All right, Martin, uh, where does this go? Now they're in the seedy underbelly. Well, I guess shirking their responsibilities, whatever those may be, within the arc, to dance and party the night away. And maybe, maybe there's a lot of crossbreeding that ends up going on. And we have a bit of a chimera problem. And then that could be the revelatory moment we figure out how the platypus came to exist in the first place. We're going to need a beaver. We're going to need a duck. Maybe a Gila monster or something for that poison, right? Yeah. <laughs> or yeah. Gila monster. The All camera right. pans in on the blanket as they pull it back. And there's the duck. And there's the beaver. Looking Mom? really <laughs> Unseen in the back, the Gila monster slithers away. <laughs> we get to find a Gila monster that can blush, though. Of all the things we've put forth here, the thing that you have trouble justifying is a blushing Gila monster. <laughs> and Martin, you said something that I wanted to key in on because I think it was really important. They're shirking their responsibilities on the Ark as if they have something specific to do on the Ark that they're shirking their responsibilities for. Can I put forth the idea that maybe they should be breeding more honey badgers or Tasmanian devils, but they're just not interested well it's like the olympics right you have all these these wonderful specimens from all over the world in one place for a short period of time they they just they need to get out there i think there's this great moment where sheets get pulled away and the platypus is like mom and so it turns out that his mom which could be the duck or the beaver doesn't matter to me has been having an affair with this duck forever and this is their other parent is heating up. I like this. This is why he's different. I'm seeing a sequel to be set up by the very, very end. The rain finally stops. Clouds part. Sun comes out. They made it through the storm. Everybody's a little embarrassed, but they made it. And everything is perfect and happy. And then they collide with another arc. There's the big twist. In a previous show, people did the arc night. I like that one. And so we have this now shared universe of there could be more than one ship. All right. You know, maybe these both happen in the same universe. Ark Knight is what's happening to the people. And do everything in the Ark. It's all about the animals that are on the same Ark. Yeah, we, we're getting a cinematic universe here. I'm looking forward to it personally. Also, <laughs> shout out to Luke, who came up with Ark Knight. I think all of you should collaborate so that we can build the cinematic universe we all want. That one sounds like a great idea, to be honest. I can't wait to hear about the Ark Knight. <laughs> the real question is, who's on the third arc? You know what? I think you're done with story arcs. <laughs> it's time for Secret Sauce, where our authors share a technique or strategy they use to keep the creative juices flowing. Aaron, why do you start us off? One of the things I do when I'm stuck is I start writing backward. It can sometimes be very helpful to write the end 
then the last sentence, and then figure out how you got to that last sentence. I, I have literally reverse engineered several stories that actually turned out quite well and went in directions I wasn't expecting because I sort of freeformed my ending and then had to figure out how to get there from the beginning. And it got my creative juices flowing. And I, I honestly think that the more different ways you can look at your process, the better off you're going to be. You put it at the end and then you start at the beginning to get to the end or do you just like write the chapters backwards? I did those particular stories. I did them backwards, wow. one sentence at a time, just as an exercise to see what happened. In a weird way, it was like writing Memento where every previous scene or sentence enlightened you as to what was really going on. And every time it went backward, it got wider and wider and wider. And that helped me. It doesn't work so well for books at least for me, but it definitely got me out of some weird corners that short stories had ended up in that I had no idea how to fix. So that was pretty cool. I really do advocate trying to write as differently as you can when you get stuck. I have written in rhyme. I, I tried to do rhyming couplets. That was tragic. I'm a big fan of Shakespeare, so I did try to do a Shakespearean sonnet when I got stuck once really really bad because i spent more time counting syllables than i actually did putting words down so i sort of fell down a hole there but it did get my juices flowing the sonnet sounded like almost like you were punishing yourself like you were trading one major frustration for another <laughs> sometimes making your life even harder makes the stuff that feels hard a little easier it's Fair like enough. you know i've been licking batteries all day so now i'm gonna walk on tacks we really need to have a conversation about what you actually do all day. <laughs> I am a software engineer, so mostly it's banging my head against the wall. No, honestly, I love being a software engineer. You, you write code, and then you fix the bugs in your code, and you try not to make more bugs as you fix the bugs in your code. And so basically you have a job forever because you're always going to make bugs in your code. That's great. That's great. It's not Sisyphean at all. Definitely not Sisyphean at all. Well, enough about me. Well, I was just about to ask you if you can speak in Java. Actually, Java is my primary language and my mm -hmm. language of choice. It, it has been since I learned it in college. And I've been doing it for longer than I'm going to talk about here on a stream. <laughs> Good idea. <laughs> but it is my language of choice, and uh, that's what I do all day long. I write back in web services in Java. And then all the kids today are just talking about Python, making us feel old. Yeah. Martin, what is your secret sauce? Mine's a bit odd. Um, it's when I get stuck or slowed down a bit, I tend to have issues with character choice and what they might be doing, and I'm just sort of out of touch with it. And I just tend to unplug at that point and people watch for a while. That means no phone out when you're uh, in the waiting room at the dentist, kind of peeking around the corners at the nursing home or listening in on some conversations being had. I know it's weird, but it gets me back in touch with people who aren't me dealing with real world problems or what have you. And I, oh, every time it works, it helps me to just think my way around what I'm stuck with or maybe add another layer to that character that wasn't there before. What's an example of something that you got from someone? Oh, geez. One of the more recent ones, I did drop nursing home, so I'll go back to that. It's technically a rehab facility for a family member. And I was walking over to get water for my grandmother, 
And I was listening while I was trying to figure out the ice water machine thing. I was listening to a conversation a woman was having with her daughter, and she was trying to convince her to break up with her boyfriend. <laughs> I think they had like the Golden Girls on the TV in the background too, which added something to it for me. I don't know why. Just, just kind of popped, you know, a little extra. Mm-hmm. onto the top of that ice cream sundae of weird. And she was really going after this, trying to get her to break up with her boyfriend. I didn't get to hear the end result or, you know, see if she was satisfied by what the daughter said back. So I did have to go and she noticed I was kind of right around the corner from her. But I ended up using that to have a character sort of realize there's more to the world, I suppose. Not not anything romantic, unfortunately. I didn't go that way with it, but <laughs> weird. I know, I'm sorry. It just well- works for me. I don't know why. This is places, of course, people have no expectation of privacy. Screaming into the phone. <laughs> I'm taking what I can get from it. Next game is Trope Nope. Tell a story trying to avoid at least one common trope. Martin, you can go first. I'll try this one. We all know the hero's journey, the reluctant hero. But what about if the trope of the reluctant hero didn't exist and in its place perhaps there was the overzealous hero so hear me out a little bit uh-huh. after the herculean task of destroying the ring frodo decides to shirk the idea of heading back to the shire instead he's obsessed with finding lost cats he's spam calling gandalf he wants to save the day no matter what and it doesn't matter what you say to him he's He's gotten a taste of the good life, and he wants to stay. So this hero thing has become an addiction for him? A little bit, yeah. Does he start small, or he's just trying to find another ring to destroy? He's a hobbit. He has to. That's true. That's a good point. Okay. Maybe he's turning everything into, like, destroying the one ring, though. He's looking for um, Pippin's aunt's lost laundry. And he's making it into a problem for elves and dwarves. <laughs> he's trying to get the eagles to come. And he's just trying to recreate all of the glory and glamour of his previous adventure. For mundane, for ridiculously mundane things. So he does go back to the Shire. They defeat Saruman. So we already have this like heroic repeat. He got his first hit. He got his second hit. Now he needs something else. Everybody else is settling down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's getting lonely on his little island. He's got to solve the mystery of who's been stealing Farmer Maggot's crops. Maybe maybe there's not enough stuff going on because there's relative peace in Middle-earth now. Mm-hmm. Maybe somebody's maybe somebody's got to start some trouble for him to be able to solve it. Maybe Frodo enters the dark side, Malok's territory. Starts Starts causing trouble so that he can then go and solve it himself i think it might be interesting to have mary and pippin and samwise to a great extent just want him to feel what he felt when he destroyed the ring he he succeeded and he's desperate for a quest so they're causing trouble so he can be the hero so he doesn't know what's going on everybody thinks it might be frodo going to the dark side but in reality Sam turns out to be the villain. Is there a hero? Is there someone trying to track down Frodo and prove uh, how fake all this is? Is it a joke to everyone and they all know? Is everybody everybody but Frodo in on the joke? That would be even better. 
Everybody is on that note. Like a la Shutter Island, but it's Frodo who's just, he's just addicted to all the adventure. Gandalf goes along with it? I think he has to. He's the dealer who got Frodo hooked in the first place. <laughs> yeah, this is great. And it's not the hero's journey. It's just... Big Trouble with Little China in Hobbiton. Nice. Well, it's not so much the plot as the characters. You've got Jack Burton, played remarkably well by um, Kurt Russell. And he's this big, brash personality, and he's all over the place. He's really confident and exuberant. Mm -hmm. And if you pay close enough attention, you realize he's not the hero. His supposed sidekick is actually the whole point of the movie, and Jack is the sidekick who doesn't realize he's just a sidekick. I like it. With everybody being in on it, who becomes the sidekick? Do we get a Gimli? Wait a minute. Gimli didn't die, did he? No. Okay. Do we get a Gimli showing up? That would be awesome. That would be awesome, to be honest. Do we get a Legolas? Does Legolas is like, oh, yes, of course. I've played these games many times in my incredibly long life. Let's do it. Just wants to kill 50, 60 years. <laughs> What's the name of this movie where Frodo continues to try to be a hero and everyone just kind of humors him? Frodo. Oh, Frodo. <laughs> That's a good one. Oh, on it. Aaron, what do you have for us? I was thinking about an invading alien fleet scenario. But instead of panicking or shooting at them or anything, everybody listens to the scientists who are very reasonable. The military guys caution not to shoot nuclear weapons at the aliens. And it turns out that the entire fleet is just one family of aliens and they're on vacation and they got lost and they stopped to ask for directions. I love it. Everyone's perfectly perfectly reasonable. You know, yeah. nuclear weapons are off the table. The public, though. How does the public take this? With no mass panic and only mild interest and zero conspiracy theories. Okay. So it doesn't even trend on Twitter? Nope. Just another day. Just another day. But there's got to be some conflict. So where is the actual conflict? Well, two of the scientists were married, and they're not anymore. And they get thrown into this situation where they have to research it. And they don't end up sleeping with one another. They don't get into a huge fight. They also don't get back together. They just do their jobs and go home. Okay, but we need conflict somewhere. Maybe they can't decide what font to put their report in. Uh, okay. No comic sans. There's comic the conflict. <laughs> yes, yes, it's comic sans right on one side versus papyrus on the other we just alienated all of the listeners <laughs> who's gonna win that's it you know what i want to see tweets at wordcrashgame.com papyrus or comic sans who should win in this battle we're gonna tally these up people we're expecting <laughs> some answers it's <laughs> gonna be the weirdest week on twitter ever <laughs> we're really full of ourselves here i oh, know yeah. I think we can break and remake the algorithms with this one. Mm -hmm. I've never trended anything. Yet, Aaron. Yeah. So who's on who's on what side? Half of the population wants to use Papyrus. The other half wants to use Comic Sans. And the aliens vote for, you know, web dings. I like Star, 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 Star. Star Happy Face Hammer. Windows X.
That's originally why they had so much trouble communicating. It's not that we couldn't understand their language. We just didn't have their messages in the right font. Wow. There it goes. This is like a, a new take on Arrival. <laughs> Before we go, it's time to give our authors a chance to talk about what's new and exciting in their lives. Martin, what's going on? Um, doing pre-marketing right now for my debut novel, Beneath the Veil, which is the first in a series called The Valor of Valhalla. What we have is a dark urban fantasy rife with folklore, mythology, Abrahamic tradition, and they all get mashed up together in this story about a young kid who's just trying to get home from school. And the world kind of takes a turn, and, and we're off and running right away from page one. So if you want to know more about it, you can go to Reed Kearns. K-E-A-R-N-S dot com. And there's a teaser and a blurb up there. And you can get up-to-date news, interviews that are scheduled, and podcasts and things like we're doing right now. Thanks so much. Sounds fantastic. And congratulations on the new book. Appreciate that. Thank you. Aaron, what is going on with you? Nothing. Okay, well, then that's the end. No, come on. <laughs> Tell our listeners what you're doing. My latest novel just dropped, So Much Fire and So Many Plans, uh, available now everywhere that books are sold. Congratulations again on the new book. Thank you. So which pitch deserves a place in the Word Crash Hall of Infamy? Was it Do Everything in the Ark or the Frodo? You tell us. Tweet at Word Crash Games to vote for your favorite story of the night. If you're listening on YouTube, remember to like and subscribe and get in those comments to tell us how you would tackle our questions today. Everything we talked about is in the links below. Thank you for listening. I'm Megan, and this has been Word Crash, reminding you to always get creative.